So this week on the podcast, we have kind of a different show format to share with you. Uh, it's basically just me and Chris Kiefer talking, uh, not totally freeform. We start out with a quote that we both appreciated from uh, Joseph Campbell. In general, I liked it. And I think it's a good format. Hopefully it's something you can appreciate as well. Thanks. Hope you enjoy. Okay, cool. So I'm excited to like, kind of try this different uh, podcast format because I think what we're doing this time and then what we'd be doing in the future is just generally more conversational. And I'm imagining something where uh, one of us finds a good idea or uh, in your case, you sent me a good quote that seems like worth talking about and kind of going over a little bit because I think it uh, is relevant to a lot of people as they're going through uh, like their personal journeys and then kind of also, well, I mean, we're just really anyone, like everyone in their own personal like adventure in life and not to get mm-hmm. too cheesy, but here, do you have your phone pulled up where, uh, with a quote that you sent? Uh, yeah, it's actually the quote that's from the, it's from the podcast that you sent me. I don't know if you caught that or remembered it from the podcast. No, I listened to it like a year ago or more. It wasn't in the podcast. He paraphrased it. And then I went and looked up the actual quote. Cause I was like, I want to know what he, what the author actually said and what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So I found, um, yeah, I'll just, I guess the quote itself is, it takes courage to do what you want. Other people have a lot of plans for you. Nobody wants you to do what you want to do. They want you to go on their trip, but you can do what you want. I did. I went up into the woods and read for five years. And that's by uh, Joseph Campbell, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. How much do you, like, what do you know about his, just, like, personal life? You've read, um, like, Hero of a Thousand Faces, right? or it's on your um, audio audiobooks account, right? No, I don't think I've, I oh, knew really? nothing about him. I've never even heard the name. I oh, thought okay. when he was, when the, in the podcast, when they mentioned Campbell, I thought he was, like, I think Jack Campbell is, like, the chicken soup for the soul. That's who I thought I was going to be looking up. Huh. But, yeah, I've never heard of Joseph Campbell. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so basically, he he came up with uh, the hero's journey. Is it, does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, like Star Wars and Harry Potter, and I mean, really, really any story that, especially like really old stories, and I, there's a certain like narrative structure where you kind of start out when you've got like an ordinary person in a ordinary life, just you know whatever for their whatever world that they're in, and then like something happens to that person and they find out they're a wizard or they get sent on an adventure with like 13 dwarves and and uh, Gandalf or uh, like, like really any number. I mean, there's like some inciting incident is kind of like the terminology for it. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, all these different phases in the journey, but they usually, it's typically they like re- refuse the call um, and say like, that's not like uh, my destiny. Like, or like they're like overwhelmed by it and they're afraid to start. And then they're kind of forced into it anyway. Uh, like Luke Skywalker gets his um, family's like home blown up by stormtroopers, so he's kind of like pushed out of the nest that way. Mm. And you just kind of go through, and then they confront evil, and like you know, there's kind of this like up and down cycle to it. Uh, and they are helped by in the process by their friends, and um, I mean, it's basically like every movie and every story ever that has a good narrative arc to it. Yeah, I, I remember in um, English class, I think of the that plot and i, I want to say that uh i don't know if, if i'm remembering the same thing but is it possible that joseph campbell did this to for like the story of uh christ like they were talking about every good um like in the bible itself 
has the also has a hero's journey in with Jesus in particular. And I don't know if that's the same, but it's basically there's the departure, the initiation, and the return of the uh, of that individual. Right. Yeah. That uh, all of those things. Uh, yeah, I'd be really surprised if uh, you couldn't map it like pretty ne- neatly onto like the life of Christ, or I mean, really any any other like religious tradition. It, it's a similar thing, and it's something like it seems like there's something built into it that just resonates with people mm-hmm. at uh, just like a really like a really fundamental level. Like that's what uh, even from the time that we were like kids, that's what we expect a story to be, and at least stories with like a reasonably happy ending. Uh, like, like it's yeah. very Disney-fied. Um, and I think Jordan Peterson breaks down like uh, Pinocchio. Like that's his like favorite movie or something. And uh, mm. so he, you just kind of go through and it's like, okay, like here's kind of um, like the trials that the character's going through. And here's kind of how like that all frames up. Here's what this character represents uh, in terms of like the malevolence in the world. And then um, there's this kind of uh, like a guiding light that like comes into the process. So, so the whole thing started... Because I was curious, I wanted to know, did he literally do that? Like, did he go into the woods for five years and just, like, read books? Yeah. Well, the thing that the other part of the quote, which I found as when I looked up more about this, this Joseph Campbell, the other, um, it's actually the first half of the quote is, I had put in all the hours necessary for the degree. All I had to do was write the goddamn thesis. They wouldn't let me move into another place to continue my education. So I said to hell with it. I went up into the woods and I spent five years reading. I never got the PhD. I learned to live on absolutely nothing. I was free and had no responsibilities. It was marvelous. And then he says, it takes courage to do what you want and continues on to that other quote. So I didn't know. I mean, as I'm realizing i like in just what you told me just now i actually know a little more about joseph campbell than i realized but i think again and again you always i think a lot of times for myself in life we look at what other people uh, that have achieved success have done or what they have and we look at like how can we do that also mm-hmm. um, but what we at least what i forget in most scenarios those people that achieved greatness in something did it through following their own interest in, and oftentimes in scenarios where they were considered crazy or in like obsessive about unimportant things at the time or, or whatever. And it is in following that. And, and I'm sure there are individual cases to debunk what I'm about to say, but I feel like on some level, you can't really force the great, great successes that have happened in, in our world that we idolize. And though, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I guess Bezos, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and even like athletes, like obviously there's a, a number of factors and characteristics that those individuals bring to the table that allowed them to do whatever it is that they do. But if, if I just try to copy what Jeff Bezos does, it's just going to lead to a bunch of disappointment <laughs> because right. there's there's so many other external factors that had to line up in his scenario. And so anyways, I guess the thing that I that is a good reminder with this quote for myself is just thinking like, what do you what do I want 
truly? What is the, what's something that is actually enjoyable for me and what does success look like? And am I, am I going after that or am I going after someone else's definition of success or someone else's like results of success? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's like a, a good uh, Campbell quote there too. And I, I might be misattributing it, but basically he was saying like, uh, if you can see the path clearly laid out before you, it's not your path. It's someone else's because they've already like, mm. wor- they've already worn it out. Mm. Uh, which that's is great. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Uh, Cause there's so many things where like, uh, I don't know, let's pick like Amazon, right? Cause like everyone knows it. It's like, uh, today there is an Amazon and like, there was no Amazon in like 1996, I think, or something like that. Like at the time that Bezos was like founding his company, there was like no internet commerce giant, like the way that Amazon exists today. So if you went out to like try to recreate Amazon today, you'd get crushed by Amazon. Mm. Um, and, or any other, uh, industry that Amazon has like spawned as alongside it. Like even they're like the smallest business that's like come into existence because of Amazon would probably still be able to crush you. Yeah. Um, but he had this really, uh, was it blue ocean? Um, I don't know, it's blue kinda, origin. No. Um, like an M- oh, MBA oh. speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. uh, there's like blue ocean and red ocean and blue ocean is like a uh, open opportunity that like, there's not really, Sharks it's not in the water yet. Yeah. It's not crowded. Yeah. There's no blood in the water. And that's, I think kind of what the quote's about, because like you're doing something so new that other, like a very small number of people can even conceive of the opportunity. And among those, it takes a very small subset of that to have like the courage to act upon that opportunity. You know, so many factors, right? But very few actually mm. pursue it. Yeah, well, I think that's the other, the in the podcast that you sent over, Boyd Vardy, mm-hmm. um, talking about the art of tracking. The other thing that I have just tried to focus more on is what you're actually it's and this there's a number of different ways that I've heard people talk about it and I'm sure that I've gone through different phases of my own life and really focusing on it and then not but it is like we all are pursuing success which at least for me usually when we think of success it's like Mm -hmm. popularity you know, nice cars, houses, um, money, like mm-hmm. power. And that's kind of the, that's what immediately fills my mind, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a product of just growing up in America as, you know, interested in entrepreneurship and whatnot. But this, um, well, it's funny because everyone wants those things, right? Right. And, oh, like and money, that's like that's exactly. why they call it money. Or I think it's like, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, and so we're, we're seeking this stuff. And Boyd Barty is saying, if you think about it deeper, even the people that have those things, what they really want, and and he's claiming that this is true for everybody, is we want deeper relationships and more connection. And um, like, no matter who you are. And so you can kind I mean, you, you could skip the, (laughs) the whole process in the middle of just acquiring shit that you don't need yeah, um, or that ends up not getting you what you really want because sometimes in gaining all the popularity, you just make it more difficult for you to have depth in your relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I think that um, the thing that's wise about this quote again of just going after like, it's very easy to live the life 
that everybody else wants you to live because the opportunities are everywhere. But what's very difficult is to be more contemplative and think and try to identify what it is that you really do enjoy and then try to do more of that and, you know, foster that in a deeper way. And then ironically, it's the people that do that that end up having all of the stuff that all of us that can't do that or haven't figured it out yet want, even though that's not what the person that has all that stuff that we want did. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you pursue one sign of success, you get that sign of success. But when you pursue like a personal success, you win on like every, you win every possible game where you win like, you know, the money game, whether it's just having enough to live on while you're doing this thing that you love with people that you really like respect. And I mean, just, just every possible way you could be winning, you're winning when you do it the right way. Mm. Yeah, true. I find that really appealing. I think it's interesting. This is kind of the vibe that I get from your podcast is, uh, you know, pursuit of, pursuit of purpose, like kind of there in the name. You're interested in kind of the same question that I'm interested with why try only chose a less nihilistic title. <laughs> it's not supposed to be nihilistic, but that's not like the thing I always get. I need to change it probably. But it's like, like, you know, what, what is a good life? What it like, we're, we're kind of like working through like, okay, like what is it that would give us a great sense of meaning in our lives? Mm, yeah. Do you think well, that's I, fair? Yeah, no, I think it's totally true. And I thought that from the very beginning when I heard your podcast i think it was todd alsdorf who a friend of mine who was interviewed he told me about it and i was like why try that sounds um kind of depressing um but the it's it's the question that is driving most of our lives um people just don't ask that necessarily which i don't think is a good thing but i would say it's the same question that i'm looking for of I, I guess I the why try for me is because of your purpose, and I'm just trying to figure out what my purpose is in by asking other people, you know, what they have done and what is what they've learned along the way in their success. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think they're very very closely tied um, in that purpose often leads to the reason why that you should try. Right. Know? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, it is, okay, so here's something that I've kind of been thinking about lately, um, as far as like my own podcast goes. And it's like, like, it's weird, because I think I'm interviewing people to find out kind of what made them successful and like why they did what they did. But the way that that's useful to another person is so narrow, like, mm. like, it, it's the only, I, honestly, I think the only takeaway that like, people can and should take away from it is just to like get a little bit of courage to say like, Hey, here's like an ordinary person, like a real person who's, who is remotely relatable because like you have to be just kind of a crazy person to like do things like the way uh, Bezos does or like Elon Musk, right? Like, like it's not useful to compare yourself to either of those two guys, but if you compare yourself to uh, the owner of like a local business or um, someone, I mean, you know, I interviewed you as a guest, right? Like you've got, um, your thing through Sky Media and like a uh, Boolean review. And it's mm -hmm. like, um, no offense, but like that's not um, like a tech unicorn uh, yet, yet <laughs> right, anyway, right. right? Forever. Who knows? It, that, but that doesn't matter. That's the, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. That if you have someone, if you're, if you're studying someone that's like 
like if I'm just learning to play basketball, there's only so much value that I'm going to get from studying LeBron James. Right. You know? Yeah. Be taller like, and like way more athletic. Right. And I think that for the other, um, uh, the just recently I have, I was reflecting back on my, it's going into six years of, you know, being my own business or my own boss or entrepreneur or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And in the, it's funny if I look at my past and I'm actually giving a talk on this to my old high school next week. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know what I'm going to say necessarily yet, but I've just been thinking about this more. And that is, I'm talking to kids that are juniors and seniors in high school that are trying to figure out what to do with their life. Yeah. And meanwhile, Good me luck. and every other 50, 60, 70 year old is still asking the same question, which you don't realize then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, for me in the first two years of business, I kind of was just, I don't know. I didn't know anything, which was not bad. And, and I just made a lot of mistakes probably could have saved time by taking a business class in college, which I never did. Um, and some other things, you know, but then about, I think it was a year and a half to like three years in, I went on this like binge of reading and, uh, listening to a lot of podcasts and just, um, in fact, the podcast that I listened to, it was Mixergy was this, it was entrepreneur, like tech, uh, podcast interviews, and those actually, I think, were really helpful. And I tell people forever that the like I would listen to the podcast it was like my drug to keep going because I would hear some random story of some guy who did something and found this business and he like almost killed the business multiple times and right. found a way and then he made it. Right. And it was like by listening to hundreds, literally, of these podcasts every moment that I got. I'd be like down in the dumps and just feeling like this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? And then you hear that like, Oh, that's what you're supposed to feel like when you're right here. So then I would do a little more work or whatever. But then there's this other part where I started reading all these business books, Mm -hmm. which I still read and I still like, but the mistake that I made was I would take all everything that I was reading as if it was like the 10 commandments. Like it was (laughs) the, like you, this is how you build a business and um, I would change processes and like, like, oh, we got to do it this way. We have to prospect this way. We have to write our proposals this way because I read about it or I, we have to, you know, change the focus of our business to do this instead and mm-hmm. whatever. And in summary, what I would tell someone nowadays, my one piece of advice to anyone starting a business is to take every piece of advice that you get, no matter who it's from, with a grain of salt. Because it probably isn't that helpful for you if you did exactly what they told you. doesn't mean that you shouldn't seek advice. Just don't take everything that everyone tells you as, you know, this is what I need to do. Because the reality is that their advice is coming from their own circumstances that was influenced by hundreds to thousands of external circumstances that they're not even aware of. And they became successful in that particular space for a whole slew of reasons. And they're trying to say, you know, here are the three things you need to do, Mm -hmm. which is maybe not bad, but at the same time, I think it in a strange way relates back to this original quote that we're talking about. And that is if you, if you contemplate and, and track, you know, you just your own, 
uh, history, mistakes, all that stuff. Um, or even just try and go, you know, into the woods, so to speak for five years to, um, think and, and learn and whatnot, you're probably going to be a lot closer to your path of success than if you just kind of, you know, try to continue changing your processes based on what people tell you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I recently had kind of a similar thought about like when people say to like, go, or, okay. So like, if you're, if you're starting like an endeavor or like, of like any kind, there, there's like a ton of work that happens even before you start it. And it's like inherently like really personal work that you need to do like on yourself and in terms of like understanding like your worldview and your philosophy and kind of like where you fit into the world basically. And like no one talks about that. It's like crazy to me, but like you've got uh, people like Gary Vanderchuk, Vanderchuk who's like, you know, smart, super widely respected, uh, famous and wealthy by pretty much like any definition. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and like his thing is like, you know, like you just need to hustle harder. And it's like, yeah, you can only really do that in a situation where you're doing something that's like meaningful to you. Like, mm. like you can't, like if, if it's some sort of like meaningless and soul sucking endeavor, like you aren't going to be able to sustain it long enough to do it for like, do it until it pays off. And even mm-hmm. if it does pay off, is that payoff worth it to you at that point? Like pursuing, you know, I'm not saying don't work hard, but like be careful with like what you choose as your goals before you just start like working like crazy at like some random thing. Cause it's like, you know, is it going to put you where you want to end up? Mm. No. Yeah. I think that the, and that's again, where this quote is uh, the last part of this, the, I went to the, to the woods and read for five years that, you know, we need to find what that is in our lives before we, and I kind of feel like that's sort of what happened in my own business is that I, well, I haven't gone to the woods, so to speak, but I just kind of got out of school, started a business and just started working, which I think was fantastic. Uh, on one, I learned a ton, but then conveniently you know my wife graduated from pt school we like essentially had to relocate which forced me to downsize my own business and in some people's eyes probably say that the business like failed even though it it still exists as an entity but it is it is today the business is completely unlike what it was two years ago um and it's actually been really nice not having any employees and being able to contemplate and think a little more intentionally about what I want to do, because there is a lot of stress that comes from um, having people that are depending on you. Or the other thing could be um, the, like I, I, in a strange way, I'm going to relate my situation of having a business with nine employees uh, to someone that is trying to figure out what they want in life and they just bought, you know, all the latest tech gadgets, a super expensive car, a house, everything, you know, all these things that they're just getting because they think they need this to feel good. And then they're just cementing themselves into the job or whatever track they're on further, as opposed to trying to shed as much baggage from your life as possible 
whether that's employees depending on you to bring in business to give them paychecks or expenses and debt, essentially, that you just have to pay back. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like the other brilliance and the wisdom in that quote is the idea and the const or what is implied by saying I went into the woods and read for five years, you know, that implies that he probably didn't have a job, no expenses. He probably didn't take a cell phone, you know, like, I don't know. Did he literally like start hunting for food? (laughs) I don't like there's some freedom, a tremendous amount of freedom that comes when you're not expected to respond to email or phone calls or whatever, you know, you remove yourself from all these things that other people want you to do to figure out what you want and then reemerge and begin interacting again. And, you know, very carefully decide what you want to get involved in. Yeah, I I think that's right. There's such, there's so much talk about what to do once you're in a hectic life, right? Uh, It seems like that's generally most people's lives are kind of, kind of that way. Yeah. People say I'm busy, really busy. Right. Been busy. Right. And they say it like it's a sign of like a badge. Like, like it says like, I'm like, my time is sought after by so many things, other people, like I, I matter, (laughs) I have relevance in this universe, but that's, that's like stupid. Like what you should be doing is like aiming to make your life as uncomplicated as possible, get as clear as possible on your goals and do as few important things as possible. Do important things as consistently as possible and do as few things as possible so that you don't, you don't get like. You don't have to wade through nonsense, you know, in the course of your day-to-day life. Like, ideally, you just would be only doing the big, big picture, important things. Like, like for you with your company, like, it's it's interesting because, like, people kind of glamorize the idea of a CEO who works uh, 80 or 100 hours a week and, like, bring, like you know, just hustling constantly, right? Mm-hmm. But what's actually, like, and this is something I was just... Um, getting from that book you lent me um the more a more beautiful question by uh oh, Warren yeah. Warrenberger mm-hmm. uh where, he, where he's saying like yeah like the CEO's job isn't isn't to be isn't that it's like the most important thing they need to do and I think, I think he's like pulling from Peter Drucker who's also like awesome like you should read his books if you haven't it's like just basically the vision like tell everyone where they need to go and like establish that as something like a meaningful establish a meaningful goal for everyone to go in the same direction as and if if you do nothing else that can be sufficient and if you don't do that it won't be enough mm. yeah i don't know so i thought that was interesting and like you know what do i know i'm 26 uh i i've been uh quote unquote like unemployed slash entrepreneur for like uh two, two years now right where it's like mm-hmm. okay uh at some point it's like okay, show me the money. If you're an actual entrepreneur, like, you know, bring in some paychecks here, man, with your, uh, with your business and, uh, projects. So, um, you know, grain of salt, you know, like you were saying, but still, where I thought do you that was think, interesting. Where do you think the, those comments that you just made, um, who's saying those things to you? Oh, no one, no one is that unkind to me. <laughs> but do you think people are thinking it? Uh, like realistically in the back of their minds at most i mean it's like you know it's just like there's a spectrum of possibilities right where you're like yeah this person um 
it's like picking up a hitchhiker, right? Like they could be an ex murderer. They probably aren't, but like, that's like, you know, it's like, yeah, like maybe this is just not going to work and maybe it's going to work out really well. And you're going to meet like the best friend of your life, picking up this hitchhiker. But like, I think it's normal for people to account for those possibilities. Mm. And I don't know. And so this is maybe something we should say for another conversation, but like the impact of feeling discouraged as, uh, someone who's in charge of their own like life day to day, right? Like, uh, like a self-employed person, mm. uh, like the impact of that. Cause it's like, Oh man, I'm just having one of those days. And, uh, I guess we could talk about that in like another episode or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, obviously I've got like some, what do you call them? Uh, so like self-defeating thoughts. Um, lim- yeah, ne- lim- just negative self-talk in your head. Yeah. Lim- limiting beliefs. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like, for sure. Like there's nothing I, I, I said in that, like, like three or four sentences that wasn't like a limiting belief in some way. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like enhancing my ability to like produce. Um, right, right. Anyway. So maybe, maybe we'll like table that for another, another conversation. Um, but here, like, yeah, let's, the, so go ahead. Or I was going to, if you had, I was just going to say, if we're wrapping this up, which is good. Cause I'm, I have to go anyways. I had, um, two things that I'm, I, one I've read, I need to reread. And then another thing that I just heard on the Tim Ferriss podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a book, I don't know if you've read, Designing Your Life by Dave Evans and Bill Burnett. Okay, Um, that's next on my list to to listen to. Patrick told me about it. Yeah, so that one is super interesting. There's a bunch of worksheets and stuff that I think I, if I'm being honest, I went like halfway through them. And then I got stuck on the homework, which is, um, I think they call it a good time journal and I actually created it. I have a document and you're supposed to do it for like a month. And every time that like at the end of every day, you're just supposed to think back, like what was really enjoyable today? Like, what did I like about today? Mm -hmm. And just write it down and then go back to your daily work. And then anytime that you encounter something that was good, write about it. And just, if you can think like, Hey, I think he has examples of like, um, and this is, I'm extrapolating from my own life, but I, um, I like Excel. I don't like everything about Excel, but I like being able I like the problem solving aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I like when I'm able to like automate something to make it look really cool or do like a number of different things. So that's like a thing that I'd write in my good time journal. And I don't know what that means. I don't have to know. I just know that that was fun. And then later when you've written, you know, a number of these entries, you go back and, and try to dig deeper into why did I, why did I like this conversation with this person? What was it about it that was good? And you're trying to go deeper. So that was, that's one thing that, and there's a lot of other stuff in designing your life, but again, it's more, it's just intentionally creating the life that you want now, as opposed to just like working really hard, making a bunch of money, having a nice retirement, and then being like, what do I want to do now that I'm retired? And it's like, well, actually I realized that I kind of liked working. I just wish that I would have done other stuff in addition to my work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then the other uh, resource that I thought was fantastic is the Tim Ferriss podcast. He just interviewed, Oh shoot. I'm blanking on the guy's name. He could do, Jim Collins. Uh, did you hear that by chance? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. So that was like, 
I'm sure you've read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great or Built to Last or whatever. He's like just a phenomenally brilliant business mind and uh, like strategist. But um, anyways, his podcast with Tim Ferriss is absolutely fantastic. And it, it resonated with me more because I think I'm kind of a math Excel sheet junkie. But he basically had, in my opinion, a more analytical approach to the Good Times Journal that he shared, which obviously he, I don't think he knows anything about designing your life. But to me, they were just two very important things that um, tying back to this, this quote that we're discussing, um, I think is, is valuable. If you, if anyone is thinking about, you know, retreating to do to the woods to read or think or ponder or whatever Mm -hmm. um, for any duration, I think it's very important to have, some real data points from your own life to think about while you're, you know, discerning your next move, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, cool. So that's, I think that's good homework for people listening and wanting to uh, find more meaning or, you know, create more meaning in their lives. So like the, um, the 30 day, what good times journal, where basically you write down every day, like some, some, uh, an enjoyable thing from that day mm-hmm. and yeah. then uh, checking out that podcast with Tim Ferriss and uh, Jim Collins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, here, do you mind sending me a link to uh, one or both, both of, those, of those so I can put them in the show notes for people? Yeah, I will do that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this kind of impromptu um, alternative form podcast. But I think the, the dialogue format could be a little bit more interesting than, well, I don't know, like an interesting thing to introduce once in a while, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing, I mean, I don't know, this is just my other two cents on podcasts. It's something I've struggled with. Um, I think that at the end of the day, I mean, I'm super curious, like Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. did he set out in the very beginning, like, and I mean, it probably was and same with Tim Ferriss, like how much of their motivation or even the questions that they ask or the people that they have on are driven by, um, what other people want versus what's just interesting to them at the moment. And I don't know if I'm just using it as an excuse, but in my own podcast, um, I used to spend a lot of time well, on a few episodes. Like I'd spend a lot of time editing and trying to whittle down like the golden nuggets, mm-hmm. which I'm sure would be great. And if I had time, I probably should do it anyways. Mm-hmm. But the thing I liked about Joe Rogan, I listened to one of his with Jordan Peterson. He was just talking about long form content and it's almost out of his laziness and or the lack of desire for him to pay someone to do it. Right. People are drawn to just the unedited conversations with two people that happen to be like three hours long. And for some reason people listen to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but then there's other people that, are doing very well with like eight minute podcasts, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely, it was liberating hearing Joe Rogan talking about how he, he doesn't want to have the responsibility of deciding what was most important between him and his guests Mm -hmm. on his episode, you know? Right. And I think it's great because it it breaks you away from becoming formulaic where Mm -hmm. this is, um, so basically I haven't done, um, you know, comparing, last year to this year in terms of number of podcasts recorded i'm like 30 down or like 30 or 40 like below where i was so from like like 50 down to like 10 or something 
And mm. it's like, and it, it's just kind of discouraging, right? And it's basically because of that where I just realized like, okay, I'm having the same conversation with different people who are all interesting in their own right, but like the flow of it is always the same. Like, how'd you get started? Uh, what happened? What was the time that you thought you were going to fail, but you didn't? Uh, and then like okay what are you today uh what do you see going moving forward and i was just saying like how do i mix this up but it's like you're talking to a stranger like it's very hard to have any other format of show unless Mm. you um are willing to just to like like let go of the reins and just let it go go where it will will wander Mm. um so anyway i think i don't know so i'm interested to kind of experiment a little bit and like do um some longer form just like casual more more casual conversations because it, it was very liberating i heard the same thing uh from that podcast that that you did and i think it's definitely worth trying yeah awesome well uh yeah thanks for hitting me up this was fun i'm the my big honestly the my my why my why try for podcasting is because it's an excuse for me to have meaningful conversations with people that probably wouldn't have conversations with me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lying so if I said it was purely, any different for me. It's just like, this is fun. I like having intellectual conversation about stuff that is interesting. And I would do this all day if I didn't have to do anything else. But um, yeah, it's it's always fun. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right.